Welcome to the Apple of Truth, our weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while celebrating the great parts, pointing out the bad parts, and answering questions you never knew you even had. I'm Vero. And I'm Lena. And we can't wait to share our love and hate for your favorite characters. Today, we're talking about Season 5, Episode 6, Blue Balls. And for some reason, my Google Doc autocorrect only knows black balls with a Z, not blue balls with a Z. That is weird. Also, the spelling of this episode name got me very confused because I have seen a numerous different places where it's spelled B-L-U-B-A-L-L-Z. And I have seen a lot of places where it's spelled B-L-U-E, as in the color blue. Well, IMDb says blue as the color blue, so this is what I went with. Cool. Before we get into the episode today, we have something to say to our new patrons. Welcome to our two new patrons. It's unbelievable. We have two of them. At the same time? At the same time. Shout out to Pamela and Julia. Thank you so much for supporting us. Sorry this took so long, this shout out, for you to hear it. We record these episodes quite ahead these days, so this is gonna get to you in a number of weeks that I do not know because I did not count them, but it's gonna be a good amount of weeks before you hear this. However, we love you all the same and thank you, thank you, thank you very much for joining. All the love from me as well and we hope you enjoy your patronage of our podcast. Hey. Let's see what this episode is about. A case puts a pause on Deckerstar finally happening. Lucy shows his jealous side. Chloe her insecure side. Dan sees the devil face. Trademark. And at the very end, we finally get sex. <laughs> okay. Well, Obsession of the Week was kind of interesting journey for me. And I have ended up with it being not jealousy. I, once again, went with Chloe. That would have been the obvious choice that I considered, but then I said, I don't want to go with the obvious choice. I'm gonna go with not jealousy. And it's actually totally jealousy. But unaware, subconscious jealousy is what's happening there. But Lucifer is obsessed with the fact that this is not jealousy. Mm, Just for a very short moment. So I'm not going to agree on this. Which... Mm keeps us at two out of six agreements when it comes to the obsession of the week. Let's go into the facts and funds. This time I only have the standards for the lovely listeners and the very IMDb facts for our patrons. We got second time director Richard Spy Jr. You could tell. Of course. Previous episode was Devil Is As The Devil Does two more episodes to come. Yay! We have fourth-time writer Jennifer Graham Imada. Previous episode was Devil Is As Devil Does. One more episode to come. Interesting, interesting. The episode title is set by Ella, which gives us still just two out of six episodes set by Lucifer himself and he has to hurry up to catch on otherwise he's gonna lose this season and that's it with affected funds for this episode so it is time to reveal what has happened in the previously on Lucifer Ella has a thing for bad boys 
Mace decided to look for her mother, but before she could properly confront her, Lilith died. Linda and Ames have Charlie. Dunn is working on himself, but still struggles. Michael retreated to the shadows, and Lucifer and Chloe finally worked through some of their issues and kissed. Yay! Also, Chloe knows that she's a gift, and they got over this. Yeah, yeah, worked through at least some of it, so. The episode opens, and we have some hot making out, and obviously my expectation was, yeah, that's gonna be Chloe Lucifer. It's not. And a lot of building up expectation that doesn't actually come to fruition. Hence the blue bolt. See, yeah, I did not think of that this way. But you're right. The blue balls is a great thing for this episode because it literally describes Everywhere. every single scene in this episode. Yes. So we have this amazing horror story trope. Oh, yes. We have the couple alone on a beach and she says, oh, did you hear that? And he's like, ah, it's just the nature whatever. sounds, whatever. <laughs> Because he just wants to have... (laughs) It's always something. It was just the wind. It was just the ocean. It was just, you know, it's always some nature sound. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. Let's just bone. Suddenly you see a weapon, a knife or a gun or anything. Either a weapon, there is a silhouette in this case suddenly appearing behind them and then the gun starts coming closer to her head. It's so This is Richard Spade Jr. for you, starting off as a framing king, where the way this is conducted together is just so good. And you know that he was definitely building every single detail in this first cold open in order for us to get certain emotions and go through certain motions that we are used to be going through. And then getting that, oh, okay, it's It's a squirt gun. It's a squirt gun. (laughs) It's just funny. Did not see it coming i really really loved it and then it gets turned completely around and they run back to the rave party electro party that is happening there this gives us one of the two songs in this episode that is actually available to us it's called the realness lucifer mix by dj pexa so dj pexa and the character of dj pexa one person it's a certain sort of a dj that works with a lot of celebrities from what i could gather and Mm. tends to be on like different tv shows or stuff as himself he has a picture with like selfie with chris hemsworth from like two years ago i don't really understand what's going on there he seems to be doing remixes or mixes for specific pop culture things just to continue with the praise of Richard Spite, when he gets electrocuted and falls back onto the crowd, you have this beautiful shot of him being like uh, crowd, crowd surfing, surfing basically, mm-hmm. with the blood running down his face. And yeah, I mean, I'm not as hype as you are when it comes to Richard Spite, but he is very good. There is no way to deny this. He has a very specific style of directing, and I'm going to talk about it later on in detail why I think that, but it's just so beautiful to look at but i have a few things about this scene okay one imagine going to a party like that today this is terrifying to me oh you mean because of covid just yeah just the amount of people and the way people sweat all over each other and bodily fluids everywhere and then imagine that you're one of the people who are like kind of carrying him around and like who noticed that he's dead how did that happen Who found out? I would like to see that situation play out. Have you ever carried someone in a crowd surfing situation? Once, I think. The person crowd surfing needs to maintain a certain tension in their body. Yes. 
to be better holdable. And mm -hmm. those people who suck at holding tension in their body, they tend to get dropped quite easily. And so I'm Sink. pretty sure that a dead body has no tension and thus very quickly it will happen that they will fail to properly serve him and drop him. And while he's dropping, someone will notice the blood and this is how it becomes clear. Yeah, okay. I, it's just very... I spent too much time in crowds holding up people. <laughs> Good that the rigor mortis haven't set in yet because otherwise he'd be <laughs> surfing there till today. Yeah, that, that's not going that fast, no. Yeah. So that was kind of... Uh, I don't want to know, I guess. So we cut to the crime scene. I would like to point out one thing because we will talk about their entrance. But before we do, I want to say because they are coming from from the penthouse directly, the scene that we watched at the end of the last episode where they finally kiss and we ecstatically shouted at the skies, finally, we've been waiting all lives. This happens pretty much at the same time as the two people making out on the beach. So we weren't that far off-ish. Yeah, that is true. I don't know why this came to mind, but I wanted to point that out because uh, parallels, right? I mean, timing-wise, it still doesn't work because in the penthouse, it is very, very dark. And the crime scene is day, so... It's early morning, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, still. Maybe they just drove really long time. I hear LA traffic is terrible. No idea. Never been to LA. But most importantly, they come to work and they are holding hands. But they're not like holding holding hands. They're like holding the little holding finger. fingers. And it's just the cutest thing in the world. You can you can see the tension and the gentleness of the both. It's so fucking sweet. I mean, even my unromantic heart goes. It's the fucking cutest. It's the fucking it's, fucking cutest thing ever. It's ridiculously cute. It's too much, but it's not too much. It's like the perfect amount of too much. It's wonderful and perfect. And of course, Ella instantly clocks that Obviously something is Ella. different. And so, yeah, it's... Uh. And also, this is apparently yet another instance where Dekastar has been interrupted by a phone call. Because this has happened throughout the season. Like so many times we had a situation between Chloe and Lucifer and then Chloe's phone rings. This time it happened off camera, but it still happened. And Ella, thank you for pointing out, Chloe, why do you always answer your phone? Just don't answer your phone. It's like the best advice ever. Well, yes. However, I feel like it's gonna bite them in the arse at the end because they specifically then at the last scene don't pick up the phone, which is a callback, I feel like. I don't care. They finally fuck. So whoever called them can suck blue balls. Speaking of blue balls, Ella amazingly says, oh, blue balls. And Lucifer, without missing a beat, goes, you too. You too? That is so good. There is so many little comments and stuff like that throughout this episode it's I have so many quotes it's incredible it makes me so happy and while Ella is really really shipping those two people very hard she still does her job so I am very appreciative of this but sadly, IMDb pointed out that she is wrong because Ella says that the conditions with the headphones were ideal to maximize the voltage that killed Matt Pexer. Those conditions decreased electrical resistance and increased conductivity, thereby maximizing the current, which is the flow of electrons, not the voltage, which is the force that is pushing the electrons. So, ah, uh, 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 
Uh, once again, the writing does a disservice to our smarty pants Ella because Ella would know. Would know. This. Yes, because she's good at physics. Didn't. And so shame, shame, shame. Now speaking of random things that <laughs> our characters know and should know, why does Chloe know so much about DJ setups? I was very confused. Well, it very quickly makes a lot of sense. Well, was he a DJ back at the day when they were dating? It felt more like they kind of got together in school, so it still felt surprising to me. He probably started early, but most importantly is that they are still so touchy with each other. Like even It's when they're so not cute. holding yeah. hands or fingers, she's like leaning into him and like having some part of their body is always touching. So my last line on this scene is, I guess this whole episode will be blue balls for all of us because they now have to work the case and we're going to have to wait for everything. Mm. One more thing I want to point out here because this is something that we're going to be building on throughout this episode. It's going to be a big theme. That is that Chloe did not admit openly to the relationship to Ella. Instead, she takes her to the side tells her about the relationship and then comes back even though Lucifer must have known this is what happened because Ella is really not good at concealing that fact and it was just kind of weird to me even though I kind of understood what is why it is happening but when Ella first asks there's nobody else around still I have pointed out in the past that I am not a fan of how inappropriate Ella's explicit shipping of those two is or how inappropriate her explicit shipping of Chloe and Pierce was. You know what? I think Ella is us. Yes, but we don't work with them. That's true. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. My last sentence on this scene was Lucifer blue balls for Lucy. Because we are both 12 years old. Yes. And because <laughs> both of us are 12 years old, when we go over to Linda's and we hear this constant crying, I internally checked out of those scenes because there are very few sounds that I find as grating as the crying of a baby. My first note on this is, is it normal to find a child's cry so irritating? <laughs> yes, for you and me. But I envy Mace because she does not only not mind, she enjoys it because it's the sound of pain and suffering. Yay! Sometimes you and I, we need to be a little bit more like Mace, a little bit less like us. Sure, sure. And sometimes Mace could learn a thing or two, like actually trying to get in touch with her feelings because we're so good at that well you aren't i'm getting there okay um <laughs> say i'm wrong girl say i'm wrong i say nothing you are see. getting nothing out of me mostly in this scene i have two quotes that i have opinions on which mm -hmm. is the advice in quotation marks try not to be so scary by linda which is really bad advice but i can forgive it because linda has no space or time in her brain for anything but charlie not even herself and so obviously also not for Mace. Not to mention she probably haven't slept in days. Exactly. There's no capacity for anything. Mm -hmm. If she had space for herself, she would sleep or something. She would regain her strength. And the other is the emotionally available. Mm -hmm. Because I already was so sure that Mace is going to interpret this so wrong. And I was very much looking forward to it. And that is same. all I have. <laughs> same. I have genuinely the same notes pretty much on this. <laughs> I appreciated that Linda at least tries to give some sort of an advice that is a 
at least in the right direction. But as well as you, I have expected Mace taking something completely weird and random out of that. And I was very excited to see what it is. And she does not disappoint. Okay, she does not. It is time for this show to put Ella a little bit more to the front of our focus because... And you know what I say to that? About fucking time. Exactly. We get to see Butterfingers Ella carrying stuff out, dropping something, and a mysterious man shows up who turns out to be... Pete. A Pete and some sort of a journalist. Pete seems to be quite lovely and nice and very, very cute. I'm very much here for Pete, but I'm even more here for Lucifer noticing that someone noticed Ella and I it's very knew. cute because it's this this sibling dynamic between those mm-hmm. two and we haven't seen much of it because we haven't seen much of Ella and so oh, all of these interactions are give it us give it us all yes it's giving me life Yes. Lucifer starts sharing as well because Ella obviously asks and Lucifer is so excited and we see again the cute soft Lucifer when he starts talking about it and Ella completely bypasses him for DJ Carnal, which Lucifer, Lucifer out of all people, comments on his name being why does everything have to be about sex, which is perfection and it's a very Lucifer. But what happens is that they kind of draw the attention to Jed and Jed and Chloe start hugging and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And very importantly, while Lucifer talks about DJs, he does say that DJ Carnal is like the least bad of them. The one that may not be so bad, yeah. Yeah, but that only lasts until we see the hug because Mm -hmm. cute jealousy. I've seen this quite similarly done on a different show and I, for the life of me, I have been thinking about it since I watched this episode and I can't think of where I've seen it but the whole childish like running up and trying to get the attention and kind of jumping around it's like I'm here too I'm here too and this is just so funny to watch adorable it's he's so insecure in his position it's yeah kind of adorable and then we learn that Jed is an ex of Chloe's and he refers to Chloe as Cherry Jane why this all feels really really weird I have another writing complaint because Mm -hmm. Jed knows that Chloe married Dan so he should know that she's a cop because she became a cop before she met Dan before they got married but she was just a beat cop and she wasn't a detective yet so maybe he's commenting on that they were together when she was an actress and Mm -hmm. her dream changed like she she made it. I took it as she made it through the academy. She became a cop. Oh, I took it as you made it. You became a detective. Mm, one way or the other can be read. But didn't she already make detective when she married? No, when they got married, she just started the force. And it took a couple of years for her to make detective. And Dan already was a detective. Uh, therefore, the dynamic was a bit skewed. And then that changed throughout the show. So I think, at least I think, I'm pretty sure it was this way, but who knows? Well, I'm not a fan of Jed, so of course I took it in the worst way possible to also make sure that what he's saying makes no sense because that just fits the picture I have of him in my brain. Jed is uh, the worst, so I am there with you. Also, it's kind of adorable that Lucifer gets this jealous because even though Chloe kind of refuses to put labels on their relationship, oh, she have told him on multiple occasions that she is in love with him. I don't so, care. So, 
I don't care. I'm livid with Chloe. I am so angry with Chloe. Yeah. Because, yes, Lucifer has no reason to be jealous and he has no reason to be insecure. And then we see all of this dynamic happening. And then Jed asks, do you have a boyfriend, basically? Like, is there someone? Mm-hmm. And Chloe says no. She doesn't say it's like... There is someone or something. She says no. She, yeah, I know. It's it's infuriating at this moment. And I went full caps. How can you say you are not in a relationship? But also this, my note works for her as well. Like No, but this justifies Lucifer's complete Luciferness in the mm-hmm. rest of the episode. Because I'm sorry, after nearly four and a half seasons, fucking finally, you are together. You got over the last big hurdle that you had in your brain with the whole gift from God bullshit. And then some asshole ex shows up and she doesn't even acknowledge you as her boyfriend. No, you are right. You know what? I reread my note and... I actually read it wrong the first time. So it was not about Lucifer stop being insecure. She told you she loved him. No, it was Chloe. You literally told him that you loved him so many times. Why can't you just say that he's your fucking boyfriend? Come on. Like, I love you comes way after, oh, we are in a relationship. Exactly. Exactly. What? It doesn't make any sense, Chloe. Just admit to it. Just admit. Yes. And this whole scene happens and Lucifer tries to interject somehow, talk to Jed and do something about the situation. And the phone rings. (laughs) Because mobile phones and Lucifer, not a good pairing. Also, is it just me or did Jed have a mobile phone from 20 years ago? Because I that, didn't pay attention to that, I have to say. I heard that ringtone and I was like, ooh, Nokia? Maybe it's an old school ringtone because he's such a hipster. Oh, God. It would fit him, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Which brings us to the title card. Yeah! We have poor baby Lucifer standing on the bridge and pouting a little bit. And he's just so cute. And Chloe comes up to him and she starts talking to him. And that's really great moment <laughs> happens. Which, yes, it is infuriating, but it's also extremely funny. The way it is shot as well, where you have the conversation between the two of them and it's just getting really, really personal and intense. And then suddenly Jet kind of like shows up into the shot and then the camera kind of goes directly on him. He just cuts right in between and there was no space to cut in between two. It was. They were standing quite apart, quite far apart from each other. Oh, no, no. There was no emotional space. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. There was no emotional space for him to be there. (laughs) There was physical space, which he fucker used, and he smooshed himself in between them. But it was extremely funny. I was still so angry with Chloe, and she goes like, remember our first kiss? Yes, Chloe, we all remember. Do you? Do you remember any of the kiss? Do you remember the kiss a few hours ago? Do you remember the last time you told him you were in love with him? Do you remember all the times you told him your feelings? into his face and before Jed shows up she tells Lucifer that she wants to keep it on the down low and while I understand it this is something that she should have told him before they go to work yes because it is understandable don't get me wrong I am fully on board with Chloe hey you're the third dude I'm dating from my workplace and people talk and this 
is kind of awkward. Also, last time I dated somebody from my workplace, it was my boss, and I literally had sex with him in every place of the precinct. So, you know, I have she space has, for that. She might be, yeah. But I do not have space for how much she is hurting Lucifer with the delayed information yeah. that she wants to keep it on the down low. This is not okay. This moment when Jet shows up marks the first of a number of occasions where Jet interrupts a conversation or shows up and starts talking to Chloe and Lucifer is in the background in between them. It's really good framing and it repeats so it is definitely intentional where Lucifer is in between them but they are closer together talking to each other. He's in between, but in the background. Yes. And Tom Ellis does this great thing where he just plays everything with his face in those yeah. moments when it just kind of goes like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? What sh- what can I do? And just kind of tries to find his way in. We learned that apparently Jed was either the intended victim or the suspect. I did not trust him already. Exactly the same. I was very much on board with, okay, he can be our murderer. I'm happy with that. And I was extremely annoyed that he is super touchy with Chloe because it's so grating after the touchiness between Lucifer and Chloe. Which also, point in contention to what I said earlier, she wants to keep it on the down low, but she's completely touchy with Lucifer on the crime scene and holding hands and basically cuddling with him and always giving bodily contact. I call bullshit on wanting to keep it on the down low when you come to the crime scene holding hands because she consciously with her brain wants to keep it on the down low but subconsciously no. she is gravitating no. toward, towards him no no it's like there's two magnets being brought together closer and closer how do you like my accent i disagree with both the accent and the content well too bad no more space for this down low bullshit it is gone i just realized gone okay. deleted i just ended up this scene by saying i hate jed he's playing a victim i do not like him and luckily i'm not the only one. Oh my god the bracelet bros are back together at the precinct watching Chloe and Jed talking in one of the interrogation rooms or whatever conference rooms. And thank you, Dan. Thank you. I agree wholeheartedly with every single thing that you said. It is so satisfying to see Dan hating on Jed. But it's even more satisfying to have Dan and Lucifer bond. Because this is bro code, as Dan says. And it gives me <laughs> joy it gives me fucking joy it was so beautiful yeah you know it's really nice to see dan being so open and accepting with like lucifer's and chloe's relationship and lucifer himself yeah it's just such a change of pace that we've gotten if you go through the relationship between Lucifer and Dan throughout the seasons. It has changed so much and it, it has went through so many different stages. It's a delight to watch. Also, I hate them for doing that to us because I am pretty sure with the events of this episode, this relationship is now not as uh, happy and close and bro Cody anymore. Well, we'll see what's going to happen because maybe the buildup of the relationship that they had not now... Now is going to make it easier for Dan to accept. Not long enough, I fear. But we'll see how it goes. We'll talk about this when we get to it, because now I want to talk about the fact, I want to mention the fact that, I don't know if you noticed, but 
since scene one, Lucifer is still wearing his bracelet and it makes yes. me immensely happy. Yes, I noticed. And it is beautiful. So while Dan and Lucifer are watching Jed and Chloe, Mace is watching Ella. And the vibe I got here was a lion watching a gazelle. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, for sure. I think that my favorite bit of this entire scene, of this part of the scene, is the way Mace says friendly to Ella. <laughs> because it's just the amount of disgust in that word is incredible. Yeah, so definitely. That is my last note on this scene. We go over to the shelter or whatever that Fun is. station. Yeah, Studio recording studio. It's supposed to become a shelter, which is what the demonstration is against or something. I don't know. But very quickly, we learn that Jed very obviously is not over Chloe since he named his fucking foundation after her or rather after her nickname. And we get our classic Lucifer self-identifying and we get classic super cop Chloe. We get this conversation when Lucifer starts asking questions. Chloe shares the story of the Cherry Jane, at least partially, and she makes a a comment oh I see you've been talking to Dan <laughs> because that was also excellent because clearly Dan had an issue with Jed understandably so because Jed is a piece of shit while they were together then she doesn't share the entire Cherry Jane story which probably a good shout I'd say and then Lucifer notices the name of the foundation but Chloe completely bypasses it which either she is completely over Jed by this stage and she is correct and telling the truth regards to that or she she is so consumed by the case that she just didn't notice. I think both of these are possibilities. I think a little bit of both. Or both. Porque no las dos. Mm-hmm. I complained a bit about the writing in this episode, but now, love the writing, love the timing. Assuming anyone wanted to murder Jed. Explosion. That was so well done. Yeah, it was very good. I fucking loved it. And Lucifer is protective of Chloe and brushes off the debris from her. And the way Lauren German looks in this moment is like, wow. Because there is all the love in her face. All the love. And she very quickly dials it back again. Because, ooh, this is on the down low. But acting-wise, this was like, where did that come from? It wow. It was, a, it was a great moment between yeah. the two of them, yes. So props to Lauren. That got me. I got me. Uh, and then I said... I think that Lucifer has a point in this moment. Yes, he is jealous. That is the truth. But also, what he says isn't completely unrealistic. The dude did name his foundation after her. Yeah. The dude suddenly shows up in her life. You know, he makes some good points, weirdly enough. Well, he often does. At the end, Chloe is like, oh, who would do such a thing for me? And he just says, I went to hell for you twice, but who's counting? Obviously not him, because he went actually thrice to hell. The first time when he dies, true. when he gets shot by Malcolm, he assumes that he's going to stay down there. But That's still, true. to me, this counts as going to hell for her. So 100%. Thrice. That is so true because he is not and that makes it even better because he's not dwelling on how many times went back so he's not gonna bring it back and you know complain to her about that oh he's not gonna hold this over her which is nice but also kind of disappointing because I wanted more reaction from Chloe to this information because remember many 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 episodes back we had a situation where she was like oh no if someone did something like this for me I would hate it and I was like hmm I'm wondering how she's 
gonna react if she ever learns that Lucifer literally went to hell for her? Well, now I have my answer. She doesn't react at all. So I'm kind of curious if she's just ignoring this, just like she's ignoring the fact that the foundation is named after her. Like, I they guess say so, yeah. functioning mode, ignore anything else. Uh, denial. Yeah. The river in Africa is back in full force, apparently. And I'm curious if it's at some point everywhere. this is gonna uh, catch up with us on the show. Because I wanted more of a reaction, I have to say. Mm, mm. And just, hmm. Yeah, she is definitely in denial. And I love it. That's my girl! It works, it works. But now, I think we now come to my favorite moment. Because we go to Lux and Amenadiel is learning how to swaddle. Mm-hmm. And he's using a bottle opener thingy mm-hmm. to swaddle. Wine bottle opener, yeah. And he's talking to Dan and this is what I wanted the entire time that Amenadiel goes to the best dad that we know in the show which is Daniel. And it is so satisfying and it was so sweet to see Amenadiel talk to Dan about his struggles within fatherhood and Dan is such a supportive friend and he is simply the bestest bean. And just like Amenadiel says, great cop, great dad, high hair. I know, it's so perfect. I love it. Also, I'm very jealous of the hair and I can't wait to cut mine again. <laughs> the beauty of this scene is that they give each other. They yeah. help each other. So not only Dan does the whole, what's important that you do care, you're trying your best, you are there. And, you know, has this whole speech for Ames. We get, I think, one of my favorite quotes, like very touchy-feely from Ames towards Dan, because Dan is struggling with his own demons. And Ames says, listen to me, Daniel. We all have our demons, myself included. <laughs> Some have literal demons. Sorry. But believe me when I say this, I know evil and you, my friend, are not it. It's extremely wholesome. Truth, truth, truth. I really need Dan to take this within because we have watched him go through so much. In the end, he comes out a better person because he tries. He's trying to correct his mistakes. He is trying really hard not to repeat them. I think this is why he is ranking so high on our favorite characters lists because we have seen him struggle and he became so much more than he was. Because he is so genuine in his attempts to better himself. Yes. And that is what makes him, at least to me, so likable. Because he is trying to learn from his mistakes. He is trying to grow as a person and he is very honest and human in his steps and approaches and trials and tribulations. And so I am all for then finding redemption and getting redemption. But again, I say this episode is just building up Dan in our hearts. And I fear they're going to be very, very mean to us because... As I have said repeatedly on this podcast, they know who's watching and they know we love to hurt. So I'm pretty sure we have to strap in for some serious Dan pain. <sighs> but I love him so much. We go back to working the case. And sadly, I forgot what this is referring to, but I wrote down another sex analogy. It's the snake thing, isn't it? Maybe. I don't remember. There was something about snakes and... Uh, oh, right! The snakes fucking! Oh, yeah. Yes, and yes, then yes. 
There's this whole thing where earlier in the episode we had Lucifer trying to kind of like, hey, Chloe, let's just, you know, get down to it like right now or like, you know, flirting, seducing. And Chloe was just like, focus on the case. Don't care. And now it turns around where Chloe is like, oh, I was thinking that we should finish the case by tonight. So we have tonight free. And she's kind of like, and Lucifer just kind of bypasses over through that. She's like, no, we're focusing on the case. They're snakes, whatever they're having, and it's just like so funny how they're they are not in sync, not at all, right now, not at all, because they're both trying to do something else, and it's just they're they keep missing each other, which is endearing for now, but if it's gonna go on for too long, it's gonna get really infuriating. And so, of course, all of this happens with the interruption of the snake sex and the woman complaining that, oh, you fucked this up and they take her. <laughs> Lucifer is so impatient that he basically instantly uses his mojo. Like, he has no chill. He has absolutely no yep. chill. And yep. he uses his mojo to fasten along the plot. And we get the information that Jed is a thief. Which, Good. not surprised. He's also trying to steal Lucifer's girl. He is a thief. We don't like him. We go to the precinct and apparently Jed has been hanging out at the precinct, which is known to all of his fans. However, I don't know, did he post on Instagram that he's hanging out at the precinct or something? Sounds Yes. Sounds like something douchey he would do. And mm-hmm. he got all the presents by his fans. And this starts to devolve into another dangerous, obsessed fandom situation. And it has been a while since we had that on Lucifer. But we used to have that quite frequently, if you remember. And I do. I was not a fan with most of the times uh, how they handled it. And so I was a very, very curious how it's going to go this time. Spoiler, not a fan. Because this time, it's not actually the fan thing. Well, this time, Jed fucked one of his fans where he didn't know that she had a husband. And the husband decides that it's reasonable to try and kill the dude who fucked his wife, whom she wanted to fuck. Because obviously that's how cheating works. So yeah, not a fan. Not yeah. a fan. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a whole mess in there. And of course, Lucifer is so scared of Jed and Chloe spending more time with each other that he volunteers. The fucking idiot. Of course he does. And Jed is not happy about that. But clearly Jed is a smart guy because he decides to use it for his own agenda. I mean, it's a compromise. So obviously everyone is unhappy with it. (laughs) True. Which to me is the definition of a compromise. Nobody's happy. Everyone's equally unhappy. Yay! But also, this is not the first time Lucifer is basically doing witness protection or, I don't know, purse of interest protection or whatever this would be called at Lux. Though this time he takes him into the penthouse, not into Lux itself, but still the same building. So, yeah, this is probably not going to go well because it never has in the past. Which is very obvious. Lucifer does not have the best track record when it comes to these things. He just has very low attention span and is easily manipulated. Especially when he's emotionally distressed. Yes. And he is very distressed. Which turns out to be the case right now. Because we go directly into the penthouse. Yeah. 
we have a conversation and again I have noticed the camera work and the direction where we have this very dynamic camera going between the two of them as they are having this discussion which heightens the emotion of us audience. So we go through this whole debate where Lucifer becomes obsessed with figuring out why Chloe broke up with Jet in the first place, which honestly, I'm not even sure if that's true because Jet seems to be full of shit. But then we end up this whole situation by Lucifer using his mojo on Jed. Which made sense. That was the one part I liked about this scene. Yeah, and it was a beautiful shot as well where Lucifer kind of go- gets really close to him. On his knees in front of him. And Jed kind of is startled by that. <laughs> but, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, I think that he would do him if he didn't have Chloe. Also, as much as I dislike Jed, he's hot. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, it's the chiseled jaw. Yeah, I could say that. I don't like the character, but damn, the actor is hot as fuck. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's just me or the way they kind of set up this moment. It feels like Lucifer's mojo doesn't really work on him for some reason didn't register like that to me it felt very i don't know maybe lucifer didn't ask the right question yeah usually lucifer uses the mojo and chloe capitalizes on it yes he's missing the super cop part yeah so next time if you are asking questions to chloe's ex-boyfriends please take chloe with you because that will make it easier for you to decode what he's saying or you know what just talk to chloe yeah i was about to say that sounds like the shortcut I didn't like this scene because it is not my jam to have two men lock horns over Chloe. Like, that doesn't really work for me. And I saw the spiral coming from Lucifer with the, oh, I'm gonna decode what you did wrong. And that is not the type of spiraling I enjoy on Lucifer. Mm. So I was like, Mm. but we're already, I feel like halfway into the episode. And there are so many great things in this episode that I am okay with this part. Willing to let that go. Yeah. We go back into the precinct where Chloe and Ella are doing their work. And apparently just because a username has girl or something in it, the user is definitely female. I was very confused where Chloe drew the definitely female part from. I mean, she turns out to be correct. I think it was just by the tone of it and maybe Jet seems to be some sort of a womanizer. So it was like a logical conclusion that she came to not very inclusive. That is true. That just took me out a tiny bit. Mm. Also, as I complained earlier, Ella being very inappropriate with harping on the sex issue. See, Ella is the best and most supporting friend in the world until she gets, well, until she lets her brain go wild. I mean, she is a great supportive friend, but she's a very inappropriate colleague. Yes, 100%. But regardless, she realizes and hears a clue and runs off. Which I completely missed. I did not realize what she had heard. The only thing I knew was that she heard something. And that's about all I needed to know in this moment. We have quite a lot of cutting between different scenes. So we go quickly back to the penthouse. And I, speaking of snakes, called Jed Snake. And uh, said in my notes that I do not trust 
him and Lucifer should not trust him either because he is full of shit. I agree with you that Jed definitely is a snake, but she brings up a question that I had in the past and I feel reconfirmed that I want to keep it on our list because he says that him and Chloe work together and I really, really, really want to know what else Chloe did as an actress besides the Hot Up High School movie. I would love Lauren German to answer that question. So that's my dream. That's I really want this question on the list and I'm very happy we have it there and it just got reactivated in my brain. Also, here we still see Lucifer is still wearing the bracelet. So in case anyone missed it in an earlier scene, here you can see it very, very well. Sadly, the rest of the scene I detest with a vengeance because Jed is spewing his bullshit, Lucifer is eating it up, and the scene ends with him hanging up on Chloe. And that is fucked. Yes. And in this scene, we also... If you didn't clock the manipulation from Jed's side thus far, this is the latest. Yeah. that you have to see or you get to see that this is obviously Deliberate. him trying to deliberately tear them apart. Yeah, this is... Oh, and I hate it. But I don't get enough time to harp on about how much I hate this because we go back into the precinct and Mace enters. Oh, this is so good! And this gives me so much joy. And not just the clothing that she stole from Ella, but her face. Holy shit, Leslie Ann looks like she had, I don't know, stitches to her face muscles that freeze them into place. It is absolutely amazing. It's called Botox, Lena. No, it's Botox moves everything out and you don't have any expression. It's more like, wasn't there a Doctor Who episode where all the... No, there was a Buffy episode with Smile Time where all the kids sitting in front of their TV with the smile frozen in place and it's really terrifying and this is exactly how Maze feels to me like smile time happened to Mezzakeen and it is amazing okay yeah (laughs) it's great no it's absolutely amazing and then Maze is trying to copy everything Ella does as well and um, on one hand, this is great because, you know, Ella is a great person to... You mean real Ella, like Chloe refers to her from now on? Real Ella is a great person to be impersonating if you want to try to gain insight, I guess. But also, as Minidial pointed out in a previous scene, we all have our demons, even Ella. We just know nothing about them because they don't tell us anything. Yeah, but I absolutely adore the fact that Chloe is just rolling with this because she does not even miss a beat when okay now Mace is here she looks like Ella and she goes real Ella and this makes me so incredibly happy by this time since Chloe knows everything about celestials and demons I think nothing is gonna ever surprise her ever again Just so beautiful. And of course, Chloe goes with the plan of Rafe. By the way, another instance of shitty subtitles on Amazon because the subtitles say plan a raid. Yeah, that's not the same thing, dude. Yeah. So another instance of shitty subtitles, just like we had Ugh, before many times. Can I move you over to my other favorite moment in this episode? Go for it. I have zero notes on that one. The fact that Amenadiel is now, for the second time, calling onto Dan for help because he is completely in over his head is beautiful. And then when he is recounting to Daniel what happened, he instantly realizes what he did wrong. Yep. And 
his face when he realizes and Dan's face when he hears what the medical says to him is just so beautiful. And also, of course, once again, I have to say, Dan, the bestest bean, the bestest friend. He is there for a Menadiel. He comes when called and he is there for him. So give it up for Dan. Go Dan. So yeah, that's all I have for this as well. But It's amazing. Yeah. yeah to okay. Praise the boy. Praise the boy. We go to Lux. I love the fact at the Raven Lux that Mace didn't change her outfit, that she is still in the Ella outfit. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. As the girls get back together, Linda says, classic girls night bar fight. Yay. And while I absolutely agree with her, I also need to say, Linda, you need to get a life outside of having a child. Well, clearly she's really trying hard to do that right now. She hasn't done in ages. And so please, please, Linda, find a balance somehow. From what I understand, the first year is pretty much nonstop baby crying, feeding, crying, teething, everything. So it depends. There are babies who apparently aren't creatures from hell. Well, yes, but it's more often than not. Yeah. A rare unicorn, you know? A rare unicorn of child. Who is not a demon. And Chloe is setting up like, okay, we're gonna put everything in a quadrant and everyone serving your quadrants and we're gonna fight that person. And I'm like, yeah, no, that is not going to work. Pretty sure. This sounds like bullshit. Let's go to Linda's because Amenadiel and the situation with Charlie is still continuing to happen. D.B. Woodside has a perfect thousand yards there. Like, wow. His face, the way he looks just into nothingness. Perfect. This entire situation. How are they so clueless? I do not understand. How are they so clueless? Because on one hand, I get it. It's difficult. But also, Dan already raised a child. He's been through all of this. He should know better. Every child is different. Every child is different. Whatever. Whatever. No, they're all the same. Maybe to you, but yeah. Lucifer shows up and he brings Jed, of course, oh. and Chloe calls him yet again. And yeah, I have no words. I am so angry. Is this the bit where he throws the phone outside of the window? I think so. Or maybe he or does that, it that's, later. I think that might be the next time. I don't care when it happens. It's stupid that it happens. And his logic makes no sense. But of course, we needed all of this narratively to get him close to Charlie because there is no other possible reason that he would choose to be near a screaming baby. Exactly. Lucifer notices that Charlie is crying and he suggests whiskey to quiet Charlie. If you want to know more about baby teething remedies and the old wife's tale that whiskey rubbed on gums helps, you need to listen to this week's Devil to the Details where you will learn more than you could ever ask for about teething. Good luck. In this episode, as I already mentioned, we are doing a lot of jumping back and forth. So now, back to the rave for a very quick moment to watch Ella performing her job very well and very thoroughly. She is so fucking good. I love like, it. Ooh, love your hoops. Love your hoops. Look at your hair. And she always finds a reason to stare into people's ears and to touch them. It's amazing. Also, where else but at the rave you would be touching everybody's face. I found that hilarious. It was such a good call. It was so well done and so believable for Ella because this comes so naturally to her. And something that has been repeatedly established even though it only has been established recently is her thing for bad boys so she has this bad 
boy alert! Because there is a hot bad boy standing at the bar. Which is incredible as well. Again, thank you. Now that it is established, I do not have a problem with it. Same. It fits amazingly. Yeah. And peak Ella. Amazing. She is trying to talk herself out of it. She needs to focus on her job. We cut over to Mace trying to connect to this one person who is named Karen. And I am sorry, this name nowadays has such specific connotations to it that the second we learn what her name is, I dislike the character even more because it is obvious Mm -hmm. even without the name that there is no connection at all. Mm -hmm. But everything that is annoying about this character gets so much worse once I know her name. Yeah, that's true. And I'm really sorry because I know that there are great people named Karen and I know you can't do anything about this, but it's just what happens instantly in my brain. Yeah, we are at this day and age... It's it's a part of the, the name. Yeah, and I'm really, really sorry. But I think also that in this case, the naming of this character was deliberate. Now we pop over very quickly back to Linda's. Jet is like swinging the baby around and the baby keeps crying and done. That was so satisfying. It was so satisfying that Jet is not a magic baby pacifier. Yes. He can't do everything. And Daniel is he for a moment makes that, that <laughs> we don't need to talk about details he manages to make him stop crying and not only that he is being bitchy about it to jed yes it's so beautiful this is giving me life this whole interaction yes of like oh you know why because i have experience because i did that with my baby that i have with Chloe. That was so good. <laughs> I I fucking love this so much. And I yes. am here for bitchy boy Dan. Yay. Absolutely. We go back to Lux and Ella is tongue deep in the bad boy. She did not hold on to work for very long. Well, she did finish her section. So, so first she work says. and then play. So there is that. No blame there. But Mace is dishing out a very, very important truth to Ella because this is where she drops the if you think this is all that you deserve. And Mm -hmm. I think that this is a very, very good point made here by Mace. Yes. And I hope that Ella is listening. Again, we have the situation where they both drop some really good knowledge for each other where Ella is being supportive. She's going to get more supportive later on. But she is trying to help Mace and she says some important things things to Mace, while also Mace snapping back and saying, if you really think this is all you deserve, maybe I should learn from someone else. It cuts deep and you can see on Ella's face that she heard it. I think so. I think that she heard it. I mean, she does act on it later. And I think this is what prongs her into acting on that. So, yay, 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 hooray. And then we have another conversation in here, which is between Linda and Chloe. Yeah, the other half of our women group. Yay. There is this whole moment where Linda and Chloe mention the sex thing. And Linda is being very drunk, but also quite truthful. I did not really understand. Like, what took me out of it is how do you have a conversation like this in the middle of a noisy rave? Not to mention that 
Chloe starts making phone calls in the middle of the party. That's not how sounds work, yeah. Yeah, this is something that I have noticed since the beginning of the rave. It's a thing that they kind of like, everybody's just having like a very casual conversation. Maybe the music is turned down. Yes, but how is that rave then? That was something that was taking me out of it for multiple moments. It's not the actual rave yet because DJ Carnal isn't here yet. It's like the pre-warm-up stuff. It's not working, Lena. It's not. It's okay, I tried. I know, I appreciate that. But I love that Chloe is asking Linda for sex advice because it kind of makes sense. Who else is she gonna ask? She could ask Mace, but eh, it would be awkward. Mace is a demon. Linda definitely is the best address to go there. Mm -hmm. As drunk as Linda is, she is oversharing quite a bit about Lucifer's perfect penis because obviously Lucifer has a perfect penis. And I love saying the words perfect penis a lot. It's an alliteration. And it just sounds beautiful. So perfect penis perfect penis Lucifer with the perfect penis I don't know how many times I know said it but it just makes me very happy mm, does it still make sense not enough then mm, more or less perfect penis perfect penis most perfect no but the best thing that Linda says in this scene is that Lucifer is the oldest most immature person in the world and I feel like this is the best summary we have gotten so far and I love it yes we cut over back to Linda's this is the moment where Chloe is calling Lucifer and he decides to do the smartest thing ever and that is throwing his fucking phone out of the window hate it what the fuck is wrong with him then I just wrote, I have a bad feeling about this, which proves correct. But Chloe is smart. Yes. Because mm-hmm. she calls Dan. But Dan yeah. is the broest of the bros because he instantly lies on the phone for Lucifer to Chloe. Yes. <sighs> He's so good to Lucifer. Would he have done that three episodes ago? No. My answer is no. Clear sounding no. Yeah. They realize that Jed is gone. Of course he is because when Lucifer is tasked with babysitting anyone it never goes well except when it's Charlie (laughs) well he is not tasked with babysitting yet he is tasked with entertaining And obviously, where will Jed go? It is very obvious to me that Jed is going to head to Lux. But before that happens, Dan gets to do an I told you so, which must be very, very satisfying because I myself love it when I tell people that I told them so. Wait, what? And I imagine that Dan and I are very similar when it comes to that. And so Dan leaves to look where Jed might have possibly gone. And Lucifer kind of loses his shit because of anger about getting played by Jed. His whole thing, oh brother, I was manipulated. And I'm like, dude. Yeah, he was. We all know. We all seen it way before you did. Like, how could you be so fucking stupid? He didn't and this is what makes him so angry. And of of course, we need this loss of control that he releases that devil face trademark so that Charlie can see it and Charlie loves it he stops crying for the first time for the second time Dan managed to stop him crying for one second but this reveal is one of my absolute favorite things in this season because Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of the baby stuff in general yeah we've noticed but to use basically the innocence of the babe to showcase that the devil face in itself is not inherently evil or fear increasing or terrorizing or anything this Mm -hmm. i absolutely love so i'm very appreciative 
another thing that happens. Dan runs back inside. Dan nearly walks in on that. And I'm like, ooh. It's like, ooh, yikes. So close. Close call. So he comes back. They realize that he's probably back in Lux. And he runs back outside to get to him somehow. And Lucifer is about to do the same. But very much uncharacteristically for Lucifer from any time before. Amenadiel asks him for help. And Lucifer puts aside his own selfish agenda with Chloe and stays. But it's also very rare for Amenadiel to explicitly ask for help. So I'm also very proud of Amenadiel. They're all growing and they're growing together. Oh, one big happy family. We go over to Lux and here we have the visual confirmation. Jed made it to Lux. Of course he did. So (sighs) the girls talk about how there has not been anyone with a hearing aid. We see Karen walk closer to Jed. It's like, oh no, is Karen the murderer? I actually would have preferred if she had been the murderer because that would have been kind of hilarious. But then, no, it's the eggs and blah, 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 blah. I do not like this. I do not like that Ron blames Jed. It's... It gets a little convoluted and then Chloe starts projecting. But right now I'm going to pause this episode. Yes, please. As in, (laughs) as I was making my convoluted notes, I paused the episode as well. And what did I notice? Uh, Let's go back to the direction. Richard Spade Jr. is building his scenes. And he does it very often. But this is like extremely explicit moment where if you pause it in a certain moment where you're looking, Ron and Jed are in the front looking at each other. Then you have in the middle between them stands Chloe. Then she has the beautiful thing. The throned back from episode one. Which is normally behind Lucifer when he plays piano. Then you have the two staircases on the sides and the way this is framed it also has like three lights that are going in and it looks like a painting it genuinely looks like a beautiful painting and this is something that i have mentioned this earlier today this is something that richard spade jr does a lot he creates a scene and he paints it on he makes sure that it's visually beautiful while it also supports the situation and this is why i love his directing so much because this is just such a joy to look at the moment where i notice these things while while also being engaged by the story. This is the art of balance and everything that I really appreciate. So thank you, Rich. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry, this was a little bit of a tangent. Don't apologize for appreciating the work that he does because I don't notice these things. And so it is very good that we have you to point those things out. The whole situation is super convoluted and I'm just going to ignore everything that happens there because I honestly don't care. The situation gets resolved. We arrest Ron. Suddenly, there are officers now, wherever they were during the thing. Yeah, but where were they while they were putting the room into quadrants? And yeah, I'm not a fan of this whole sting thing, but I am a fan of Linda being dead asleep on a couch. That is hilarious. And I was wondering how much fun did Rachel Harris have doing that moment because it's excellent and Jed gets one tiny tiny redeeming moment because at least he knows when to step away (laughs) yeah 
because, you know, obviously... She told him that she was a free agent, basically. And we cannot really blame him to act on what she told him. However, he saw that there was something between Chloe and Lucifer. Yeah. So he decided to sabotage that? If she says there is nothing there... You know what? Let's not talk about that because I'm just getting mad. And I don't okay. want to get mad. I want to get cute because then we have a moment where, as we mentioned before, the comment that Mace made towards Ella really clearly cut deep for Ella. She gets a chance to act on it because ta-da! Who shows up at the new crime scene? Oh, for Pete's sake. It is Pete again, our slightly dorky journalist. And Ella decides to go for the dork. She does the pun with the for Pete's sake. I am here for it. Not for the pun, but for Pete. And after this scene happens, Ella talking to Mace gave me a lot of feelings. Because Mm -hmm. Mace has this realization that this doesn't work for her. She can't do it this way. And Ella telling Mace that she is good was really really sweet but then inadvertently Ella says a very bad four letter word to Mace and that is soul because Mace cannot find a soulmate without a soul of her own which of course Ella doesn't know but this is a huge trigger for Mace and so I am very curious It is actually something that hasn't been mentioned in quite some time. The fact that Mace doesn't have a soul. Demons don't have souls, yeah. We've talked about it and it was quite heavily involved. It was, was it in season four, right? Or season three? Season three. It was when Mace was traveling up bounty hunting to Canada in her own episode and stuff like that. It was a big theme in season three. Yeah, that she can still love her chosen family and her friends as she is. And the pseudo-romance with Mr. Smith. So we didn't have much of time during season four to pay attention to that. But it's back. And I'm glad it's back because I don't think it's resolved. Oh, yeah, definitely. Clearly, Mace doesn't think it's resolved. So hopefully we're going to get a little bit more focus on that in future episodes. This is deliberate. And so I'm pretty sure they are going to do something with this. But before there can be any progress with the ladies, we have to go back to the boys at Linda's. And can I just say that Lucifer, Dan and Amenadiel are a fucking amazing trio. Chef's kiss. I would watch a TV show of just them. I would. Dan is giving great advice to Amenadiel once again. And he's giving great advice to Lucifer once again. I really hope that Dan is going to be able to listen to himself at some point. Mm. Hmm. And so I'm crossing my fingers and then Dan leaves. He is being complimented home and he's quite happy that he gets to go home because he is exhausted. I mean, I believe they all are except angels don't need to sleep. Exactly. And now that they have a solution for Charlie, Lucifer is really enjoying using his devil face for good and it's super sweet. Yeah, it's very sweet. Well, and then the thing happens where Dan's phone rings and we hear Lucifer's voice and I'm like immediately like but Lucifer doesn't have his phone what is happening also the wording is wrong like instantly this sounds off this is very well done writing wise because the phrasing just is not Lucifer and so it is clear that this is not Lucifer calling and I'm going to pretend this doesn't happen so you have to finish this scene yes so what happens is that uh, not Lucifer asks Dan to come back and as he turns around he sees the real Lucifer 
and aims with the baby and the devil face he obviously freaks out and runs away and then from behind the bush eye Michael appears we haven't seen him in a little while so him sneaking in on the scene just kind of proves that he is keeping an eye on our friends and dear characters which is filling me with expectations and fear and I hate it and love it at the same time so I would like to just now say that Dan is a strong personality and he will get through this this is my belief it's gonna bring them closer and everything's going to be fine we know that Dan was able to throw off Lucifer's mojo instant yes initially like Lucifer had to work for it to work Mm -hmm. and so I am fully with you that Dan has a strong sense of self that he has a good basis to work through this but also especially in this episode we learned much about the inner struggles that he is trying to work through and I worry that Michael has actually been stalking all of them all this time and that he has learned all their weaknesses and that he has identified Dan as the weakest link because of the issues Dan is working through and I fear that Dan and Lucifer did not have enough time to form a deep enough bond and this is why I worry so much and this is why this hurts me so much also on top of all of this my poor boy Dan my poor boy Dan you know what though I think I agree with you I'm pretty sure that Michael has been stalking them and I'm pretty sure because this is the Michael way to do things he is gathering information and he will use it against them but I don't think that he knows the human race well enough I don't think he knows Daniel well enough because I think that Dan is much more, much stronger human and person than Michael can ever ever give him credit for oh, because definitely in yes. the end of the day Michael despises human race he does not believe that they are worthy of anything so I think that he's going to try to use Dan against Lucifer and it's gonna bite him in the arse that's my belief that's my hope for this situation I agree with nearly everything you said I only disagree that Michael doesn't know Dan because I'm pretty sure Michael actually spent the last few weeks stalking all of them in a level of depth that is beyond creepy and horrifying. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't mean that he's still not going to underestimate him. Oh, yeah. That's what I agree with. But I'm pretty sure he knows then. Let's get into the penthouse. And this was one of the instances where I was very sad that I had seen the trailer to season 5A because the second Chloe steps out of the elevator and I see what shirt she's wearing, I knew exactly what was happening in this scene because that was teased before. Okay. And that made me personally very, very disappointed. Because while it is in certain parts very obvious, they are building up this beautiful tension with them apologizing and then her going, I see you tomorrow and actually turning away. And you're like, oh, this can't be really happening. But when you know, like no, no, because you have seen pictures and video snippets, it takes away part of the tension. And that made Mm. me sad. But without that knowledge, this scene is so amazing and I love it. It is great. Where she says, We're not normal, we're us. We're incredible. And this is. It's so sweet. It's perfect. It's it's finally it's happening. And for the sex scene, a making love scene, you can choose whichever you're going to use for this. We get a last song of the episode. And again, as I said, only the second one that we actually have named and available to us, which also became uh, my Devils in the Music very brief, might I add. The longest you have ever done. The longest I've ever done. Yeah, it was 30 pages. 
pages <laughs> on Tether Me by Gallo. And it's actually happening. Most importantly, the phone is ringing. The phone is ringing. The phone is ringing. Before the sex or before the proper making out really starts. And Chloe, for once, does not answer it. I assume it's Dan calling her. I was gonna say, yeah. And so you are probably going to be right that this is going to bite her in the ass. Because... In some way, yeah. Yeah, but she does not answer it. Are you saying that Lucifer is going to bite her in the arse? Yeah, maybe. No, because, wait for it, they then start properly making out. And it is very, very sweet to see that Lucifer is deliberately and explicitly having Chloe take the lead. Like, he is basically putting his hand into her hand. He is the one letting himself be guided by her. She is on top in the beginning of the bed. And so it is very, very sweetly done that he is making sure that she is sure. And this I really appreciated. And then Mm -hmm. they flip over, the camera moves away and he starts moving down on her. And I'm like, good man, that's how you get started. (laughs) And then uh, we fade to black and I'm like, hot damn. It's just so well done. Directed, acted. We've waited for this for so long. It would be so easy to make this disappointing. And it's not. The thing is, I always consider sex scenes in regular shows or movies very awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, they tend to be, often. Like, yeah. I, porn is different, but the, the regular showing is like, I know too much about the background, how you shoot these scenes and how unsexy they are in reality. And mm. somehow it is very hard for my brain to ignore that information. Like, I have no problem ignoring other things like CG or green screen or... <sighs> fictional shit like that all works perfectly but the fact that sex scenes are never sexy somehow is burned into my brain and makes every regular sexy scene like that is actually with body touching and everything on television incredibly awkward to me like all the hinting ads and teasing works much better for me because that is actually sexy but the actual sex is just awkward Because let's face it, actual sex is many times more awkward than not. It can be, yes. And awkward sex is fun, don't get me wrong. But I I don't want to film it or see it. Uh, I'm sorry, that was a sexy tangent. Sexy. So, I hated Jed so much. I was so glad that he ended up letting go at the end. However, I would be also very happy with him being the killer and getting arrested. I would be also fine with him dying. So that's just me, though. (laughs) Lucifer's behavior is understandable, especially after Linda points out that he is very good at sabotaging himself. I really enjoyed the sidepot with Ella and Mace. They both got a lot of character development in this episode, even though they didn't get as much off-screen time as they could have. Eminadil and Dan together. Oh, oh my god. I, I was tired when I wrote this because I kind of fizzed out and didn't finish this sentence. <laughs> nice. Ah, Eminadil and Dan together. And then Eminadil, Daniel and Lucifer together. As we mentioned, I would watch as a TV show. Just the three of them just chatting and being amazing. This is how far we've gone. I love every single relationship on this show. Every single friendship that is established, I love. Genuinely appreciate and I love watching those characters interact between each other. This is good writing to me. And of course, we get the cameo from Michael, whom I have completely forgot about during this last two episodes. 
because we are so preoccupied by the whole Decker Star situation. So uh, we have that and insert Dunn and his plot twist. I am extremely happy and engaged with this situation. I thank you writers for reminding me of the big bad of the season and how much I hate him. And thank you for giving us such packed episode with so many good things. I am extremely happy. My boy, my boy dad knows <laughs> that this cannot yeah, be good. Like I said, I really worry for him how he's going to get through this. Because, let's face it, he literally has no one to talk about this. No one. Well, he doesn't know that he has anyone. Yeah. So, poor Dan. Maze is trying so hard, but I fear that the triggered reaction that we saw with the no soul bit is going to be really, really hard to work through. Soulmate was literally the worst possible word Ella could have used. I'm curious how this is going on because so far the last few predictions that I have made on Maze spiraling on certain topics has been very wrong. So, because I hope I'm wrong again, I'm gonna say she's going to spiral because of this, because I don't want her spiral spiraling and I loved all the progress that we have seen. Ella giving a nerd a chance instead of a bad boy also gives me a little bit of hope for Ella and obviously I am beyond myself with joy that we finally got some more quality time with Ella and more potential background and just in general more involvement with her. Lucy and Chloe finally boned this episode so And Linda getting a night out from the whole baby drama, which I did not only not mind this episode, but actually really enjoyed. So thank you for that. But Linda getting a night out, very nice touch. But to me, my focus is Dan and how is he going to deal with this? So I say next episode now. And with this, we say thank you for listening. Please find us on our various social media. We love interacting with you, either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash daotpodcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards, such as early release, merch and hours of bonus content. Yes, hours. If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really do help. Or telling all your friends about us because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.